And now, back to the Two Witnesses Podcast. Alright. Alright, my turn to read. Yep. Alright, the heading of Job 1 is Job and his family in Uz. Uz. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Uz. Uh, Uz? Us. Us. Let's just stick with us. us. I like it. Us. Job. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be Job and his family and us. All right, there we go. Call him Job. The whole, the whole book, we have to call him Job. No. Yes, I'm gonna no. call him Job. You can call him Job. All right. There was a man in the name. Er, uh, there was a man in the land of us whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright, and one who feared God and shunned evil. And seven sons and three daughters were born so, to him. Seven sons, three daughters. In the Midians, in the Middle Eastern culture, this was actually considered the perfect family. Uh, it was the perfect number of kids, and he had seven sons, which is the number of completion. Three daughters, and it's ten also children. A number that God uses a lot. Exactly. So both of them were significant numbers, and. The size of the family was 10, which was another significant number for them. And, no, no, the size of the family was 12. 12. Oh! <laughs> Dude! Oh, that's awesome. Um, there's a lot of stuff that correspond with the number 12 that we'll get into later on. Mm-hmm. We're not going to go off on that note right now. Mm-hmm. All right. You good, or do you want me to... No, I got something in, another ver- in like the next verse. Okay, cool. <clears throat> I'll just skip that verse then. Okay. And his <laughs> okay, uh, verse three. Also, his possessions were seven thousand sheep, three thousand camels, five hundred yoke of oxen, five hundred female donkeys, and a very large household. So that this man was the greatest of all. <laughs> okay, wait, hold on a second. I gotta add this up. Seven plus three equals ten. Plus five equals fifteen. Plus five equals twenty. Uh, plus an indefinite number of servants. Oh, man. But that match with any. Well, first off, you have 7,000 sheep, 7 again, yes. 3,000 camels, yes. 3 again, which also, again, totals 10, Yeah. and you actually have 1,000 oxen, Yeah. because it's 500 yoke, which means a pair, 500 pairs of oxen. Oh, so it's 25. Yeah. What, does 25 match anything? I'm not sure. Grace times grace. What? Five is the number of grace. Dude! Dude! Oh, man, I'm a genius. Yeah, Michael. Uh, All right, let's keep going. Unless you're you're good. Sorry. Uh, Yeah, I'm good. All right, cool. Um, Grace of all the people in the East, so that is, like, is... But Syria, stuff like that, right? Syria, Turkey, Israel, Canaan, that M- whole Muslim area. Muslim type stuff. Pretty much. Area, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. What we would okay. call the Middle East. Yeah. And his sons would go and feast in their houses, each one on his appointed day, and would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. So it was, when the days of feasting had run their course, that Job would send and sanctify them, and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did regularly. So <sighs> so there's a lot of debate, I think, about what the phrase, each one on his appointed day, means. Some people think it was their birthday. Some people think 
that since he had seven sons, each one would give a feast at their house. You know, I was going to say that, but I would say that that's not right, because the Julian calendar had not come up yet, which means weeks didn't necessarily go by seven-day periods. But, <clears throat> remember, remember that God had already, you know, six days he created the earth, on the seventh day he rested. Yeah. So that already would have been in the mind of the people. And I think the week, the seven-day week is fairly common. Yeah, okay. Across a lot of cultures. Yeah. Um, but it's possible that each one had a specific day of the week. But I think not because in verse 5 it says, And when the days, when the days, plural, of the feast, singular, had run their course. <coughs> so each feast at one brother's house would last for more than one day. Okay. Um, so it's probably some kind of special event, possibly their birthdays. Yeah. Um, or something like that. And then when it was over, Job is being a good father and he's trying to take care of his kids even though they're not in his house anymore. They're no longer necessarily, as we would see it, under his authority anymore. He's still trying to take care of them as best he can. And, okay, my version said, can you read uh, verse 5 for me, please, in your version? I want to see if it says the same thing mine says. <clears throat> so it was, when the days of feasting had run their course, that Job would send and sanctify them. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. So Job would send. So it sounds like he summoned them so that he could consecrate them and uh, make the offering. So they – because it's – I don't know why, but in my mind it's always been that Job was getting up and he's like, okay, they've been feasting. I want to make a sacrifice. But from the sounds of it, reading it now, it sounds like he actually – like they were actually there. It wasn't just Job by himself making the sacrifice. They were actually there when he made the sacrifice for them. Um, so, it's... Yeah. Anyway, continuing on. Alrighty. Um, now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. Give me a second. Don't say anything. Okay. <laughs> okay. And the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? So Satan answered, answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, and that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job... J sorry, Job. Forgot about that. <laughs> Does Job fear nothing? Or God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and surely he will curse you to your face. Alrighty, back to the age-old question: What exactly are the sons of God? Bene Elohim. Michael, you and I are strong believers that they're angels. Am I right? 
Yep. Okay, guess who had a long discussion at Brickle for like 30 minutes with the pastor yesterday? You. Me. About mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. All right. And we weren't arguing or anything because it's just really fun to talk to Pastor Kim about this stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, he brought up a really, really good point that we have never taken into account. Okay. Because he, th- he thinks the, that the sons of God are just men. Okay. Okay. Now, um, we go back to chapter 6 of Genesis where the sons of God are first talked about. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's see where it's at. It's, uh, it's 6, 1, and 2. Okay? Now, it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of all whom they choose. All right. Let's look at a couple things here. One, we have brought up the point before, that it wouldn't make sense for them, for the sons of God. Am I in? Right? Yeah. Yeah, you're in. You're just talking quieter. Okay. For one thing. Okay. Um, we've said before that it doesn't make. It wouldn't make sense for the sons of God to be men because in the exact same sentence that covers both verse one and verse two, it would basically be saying, "Now it came to pass that men, or when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them, that men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them." That's technically what it would translate to if they were men. Mm. But. But, we are not taking into account, which, this is just a speculation Pastor Kim had, but, um, there might be a connection between the first verse of chapter 6 and the last verse of chapter 4. Not that those numbers mean anything, but the last verse of chapter 4 says, Then men began to call on the name of the Lord. That's the first time that it's mentioned in the Bible that men began to call on the name of the Lord. Calling on the name of the Lord. So what happened to you, Michael, inside when you called on the name of the Lord? What happens to a Christian? A guy who calls on A person who calls on the name of the Lord for the first time. What happens? Now we become children of God. We become sons of God. Okay. They become. We become sons of God. Okay, now if you look back and you read this with the same context, it says, Now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God, you can add a little also in there basically, that the sons of God also saw the daughters of men that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. So when it says men and the sons of God, the difference there might be that men are not children of God. The, the men are people who don't trust and put their faith in God. And the sons of God are the people who do call on the name of the Lord. Okay. Okay. So, what does that do to Job 1.6? That's, that's where I'm starting to disagree with him again. Because I, I couldn't find a connection there. Mm-hmm. Because Satan comes among them, right? Mm-hmm. So we think they're the heavenly council. Okay. So now we reread this section um, with the eyes that the sons of God are men, not angels. Okay. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, and said From going to and fro on the earth and walking back and forth on it. Okay, so what do we got? So 
Satan comes among them. Does that mean that he's using a man that comes among them, like he did with Judas? Or... Or is he just moving in the spirit world in a group of men? Yeah. And... That's, that's where I still think it's the Heavenly Council. Yeah, and... that would make a lot more sense. They come to present themselves to God. Let's see, um... And I mean, you can read it that way. I, th in both passages, you can read it that way. I just think that in both passages, angels make more sense, and angels is how it was understood up until up until about two hundred years after Christ, I think. Uh sons of God being angels or heavenly beings was the accepted reading. If I remember right, it wasn't until 200 or 300 years after Christ that that changed. Up until then, that was something that people didn't question, really. It was pretty much accepted across the line that that's what it was. And and are we ever called the sons of God, though, in the Bible? I don't think we're ever called the sons of God. We're called the children of God. But I don't know yeah. if there's ever been a reference that's been the sons of God. I'm not sure. I know. Because God's also the father to the angels. Right. And it's never there's, you never find a female angel. Right. And you never really find a male angel, either. It doesn't really say that angels are male, but... They usually have male names. Right. It It's just like God doesn't really have a gender necessarily, but he's always referred to as masculine. Yeah. Um, he's not human or animal or created being in that he actually has a physical gender. Yeah. But he is referred to as male. So I'm looking here. So. One, two, three, four, five, six. So six times in the New Testament, the phrase sons of God is used. Is it talking about us, though, or is it talking about... Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Yeah. Okay, so uh, it is talking about For us. they cannot die anymore because they're equal to the angels and are sons of God, being sons of the resurrection. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on a sec. Say that again. Luke twenty thirty six. For they cannot die anymore, because they are equal to angels and are sons of God, being sons of the resurrection. So that compares them directly to angels. Mm -hmm. Though it is talking in the phrase of a man, it compares them exactly to angels. Right. It says they are equal to angels, being sons of God. Or, they are equal to angels and are sons of God. Uh, and then, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God... For the creation wait, 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 wait. Go back to that first, though. Think about it. It says they are equal to the angels and are sons of God. So if they're equal to the angels, that means the angels are also sons of God. Mm -hmm. Which means that... Actually... Uh, I think it... Uh, I think it depends on the context what it means. Because I think in the New Testament, it mostly means us. But that's after we've been redeemed by Christ. Back then, it wasn't. Right. And also, one thing to keep in mind is that we're also looking at two different phrases in two different languages you know in in sons english of god is greek 
Right. And, and the one we're reading is, is Hebrew. Hebrew. Mimei Elohim. Yeah. Okay. And so it's two different languages that translate the same in English, but don't necessarily mean the same thing in Hebrew. Okay. So but okay, go ahead. there could be a correlation. But what if it's this? What if the term sons of God refers to divine beings or to beings, I should say, who are in God's counsel? Okay. Once we have been saved by Christ and through his death, we have a place on that council and therefore are equal to angels and are sons of God. We have that position. But at this time, the only ones who would have had that position on the council would have been angels. Yeah. That, but, that gets really speculated at that point. Yeah. Um, something I'm thinking, though, is there anything in the Old Testament in the original Hebrew language that refers to men being sons of God? Well, one second. Let me look. Because I don't, I don't think there is. If I remember correctly, there is not. But I will double check. Let me see if I can find all of the occurrences of that phrase. We'll see if my software actually works the way it's supposed to. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, we're at 52 minutes before being edited, okay. and we're probably going to end up cutting some a significant amount of this out. Okay. We might not finish the whole chapter. Yeah, I don't think... I don't think... Yeah, we should probably stop at... Try and get, get through talking about up to verse 12, and then stop there. Okay. And we'll probably go a little bit over, but that'll be okay. Um, yeah. Anyway, while that's loading, let's continue. We'll okay. leave that topic for a moment. Um, so notice, notice that Satan mentions nothing about Job. God is the one who brings him up. He's like, have you considered my servant Job? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just targets him. I mean, really, that's like, Thanks, God, <laughs> for pointing me out. And I think the reason that Satan doesn't bring him up is shown in uh, in the neck in his response. Have you not put a hedge around him in his house and all that he has on every side? He was protected by God and by God's hand, so that Satan couldn't touch him. And so Satan was probably going. No, I can't touch this guy, so why even bother bringing him up? And so... And then he's kind of like, but, you know, if you'll let me... Or if you will strike him, you know, because you're the only one who can take that hedge away, if you'll strike him, then he's going to curse you to your face. Yeah. You know, challenging God. Get that loaded yet? Uh, yeah, well, some of it anyway. Um, partway through Genesis, it's bringing up all of the results that have both the two words, son and God, in the verse. Um, B'nai Elohim, you might want to type that in instead. Well, that's basically what I did. Oh. Um, oh, okay, that's, that's not how you're supposed to work. 
of all occurrences of the Elohim in the Old Testament. Yeah. We'll, we'll Google it then. See. Um, but, anyway. So, when it's working, that's interesting that it interferes like that. Alright. So, anyway. God had a hedge of protection around him that would not allow Satan to touch him. Um, also, something to point out in here is that the word here is not a proper name. It's not Satan. In Hebrew, it's Ha-Shaitan, okay? which is a title. It means the accuser or the adversary. It's like the phrase, the prosecuting attorney. Yeah, yeah. So this, despite popular uh, conception, is not necessarily Satan of the New Testament, because it's possible that there have been multiple divine beings that have held the title of Satan, <laughs> of the Satan, over the years. Because at this point, it's just a title. In the New Testament, it is used as a proper name. But yeah. here, it is only the accuser. That, that depends, though. That depends on the version, I think. Is yours lowercase s? Mine is uppercase. Oh. Well, yeah, but that's still a proper name, isn't it? I, I know I'm... the note does say that it's it's the accuser, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um... In the actual, most translators will translate it as a capital S because it is traditional to render it as a proper name. Yeah. But properly grammatically rendered, it means uh, it means properly rendered. It means the Satan. You know. It would be like taking uh, the term like the prosecution and making that a proper name, prosecution, for a single individual, making that his name. And so here it's only the accuser, which, again, could indicate either that it was not yet his name, it's possible that over the years, one entity had that position for so long that it became his his name, became synonymous with him, because it's quite common for things to have multiple names or for their names to change. Or it could be that at the time, that was only a title and there were multiple entities that held it. Or we could just be talking through our hats. <laughs> I don't know. Alright, we should probably finish it up. Verse 12. Uh, so, um, another uh, interesting uh, thing... Uh, oh, wait, are you talking about verse 12 or something that was... Uh, verse 11. Oh, okay, go ahead. Um, so anyway, so Satan tells him, you know, I can't touch the guy. He's safe. Why wouldn't he fear you? You know? Yeah. Because he's getting all of this good stuff out of it. And so... He tells God to stretch out his hand and touch all that he has, and Job will curse you to your face. 
you know, challenging God. And then God says to Satan, behold, all that he has is in your hand. So, yeah, I don't think we read verse 12 yet. That's why we... Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. And the Lord said to Satan, behold, all that he has in your power is his All that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Yeah. And so notice that God does not attack Job. He allows Satan to attack Job, which is consistent with the New Testament in that God is not the one who tempts us. He only allows the temptation to occur. Yeah. yeah. I have a thought. Yeah. Are you done with that? Yeah. Okay. Look at the last verse. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Back to B'nai Elohim. The presence of the Lord. Okay. So where do we find the presence of the Lord other than when the Holy Spirit has come? When Jesus Jesus has come and then he, he goes up to heaven so the Holy Spirit comes. Then it's widely dispersed for everybody. But then we got the other one in the Old Testament was the tabernacle, mm-hmm. the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Where else do you find it? Uh, you find it when uh, any of the prophets are taken up into heaven to yeah. the presence of the Lord. Okay. Uh, so. But those are like special events, right? Those are like mm-hmm. miracles? Normally. So, if you have men appearing in the presence of the Lord. Right. That's usually like. So if we assume that the sons of God are the men, and it says they came to present themselves before the Lord, is that like a usual thing that some miracles happening like every Sunday when they go present themselves to the Lord Yeah. because they were in the presence of the Lord. So that sounds a lot more like heaven and angels than it does men in some miraculous because, event on earth. Because angels come to give report on a regular basis yeah. and get orders and whatnot because they are finite created beings. Yeah. And, and then... They are in the presence of the Lord, and then they leave the presence of the Lord to go do whatever he told them to do. Um, and so you'll you see, though, that Satan, and this is kind of interesting, Satan has to come and give a report to God with all of the other angels, even though he's rebelled. Even though he's rebelled, he still has to come and give report. He's still under dominion. He's still under God's sovereignty to a certain extent. He's that one kid in the school that nobody wants to hang out with. He has to show up every day and he's like, I, I, I get so much hate from everybody. And he just shows up and he knows that every other angel there hates him. Probably. Yeah. There's probably a couple angels holding their buddy back as he's straight to attack him. It's like, no! Yeah. Don't um, start a fight. Yeah. I think that's about it, right? Yep. All right, we got shout-outs or any events coming up? Uh, we have the Alice at Wonderland play coming up first week of March. So that's basically one month away, yep. exactly. Uh, and that's going to be an interesting show. Mm-hmm. Uh, classic characters from Alice in the Wonderland, except Alice is a modern teenager. At... Like Gmail, like at gmail.com. Yes. Alice at Wonderland. Yeah. 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 Like an email address. 
But who's Alice? Caitlin? Marina. Marina. What? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Who's Caitlin? Uh, Caitlin is the Queen of Hearts. Oh, yeah, that's why I remembered her name. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really weird because she does not get villain roles. Ever. Yeah. And she got the villain role. <laughs> um, okay, we got, uh, we got two podcast shout-outs. We got Pastor Kim's uh, podcast. What is... Transformed Life. The Transformed Life. So, uh, everybody who knows Pastor Kim, uh, you guys should go check out his uh, his podcast. And we have another podcast that is our favorite podcast ever. <laughs> Women Uncensored, you guys. You gotta go look at... you. Not look, sorry. You gotta go listen to Women Uncensored, because it, it is the best podcast I've ever heard. Okay, so go check that out. It's done by our pastor's wife and daughter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Women Uncensored by our pastor's wife and daughter. Don't worry, it's G-rated. Somehow. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we got uh, we got Brickle. We got Brickle in Spirit Lake. That is the best coffee shop I've ever been to. Uh, Philip and his family own it, so you guys who maybe don't know us, go head over there. It's in Spirit Lake. It's Best coffee shop in the world. Yeah. Right on Main Street. Right on Main Street. Brickle Creek Coffee. Yeah. Anything else? Don't think so. What about our sponsors? What sponsors? Do we have sponsors? Yes. Really? Yes. Who? I I don't know. Our guardian angels. (laughs) (laughs) You You know your guardian angel's name then? Yeah. How'd you ever find that out? I wish I knew Steven. that. Steven! He's sitting right next to you, bro. <laughs> hey, Steven. How's it going, buddy? Can't you, you can't hear his voice? You hear his voice? I, I do hear his voice, yes. Are you deaf? <laughs> Excuse me while I go call some people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so much fun. Oh. <sighs> We got through 12 verses in Job. It's like 45 minutes. Something like that. <laughs> and we got through nine verses in Genesis. Mm-hmm. Wow. Pretty good for a one-hour study. I don't know. I think we go way too slow. <laughs> uh, I'd rather go too slow and talk about it. Talk about too much. <laughs> yep. Rather than go too fast and... Skips All right, we're dragging, we're dragging on the podcast way longer than it needs to be. Edit out like half of that crap at the very Probably. end. Just gonna <laughs> way hey, too long. It has been really long since we've done this. We are out of habit. Yeah. We are out of practice. All right, so I am Caleb. Uh, you're getting ahead of yourself, boy. We have not prayed yet. Lord. I'm Caleb. <laughs> I'm, st- I'm sorry, man. Dear Father, thank you so much for this time that we've had to do this, to get back into this, and to read through your word and study. Um, thank you for these questions we have and these this joy we have in our hearts, Lord. Um, thank you that we're able to do this again after so long of being away from it. Help us to 
help us to do well at Awana tonight. Um, help us to get there safely and help everyone there to get home safely. Um, be with all of our listeners, Lord. Anything they're struggling with, anything that that's going on in their lives, give them strength, Lord. Help them to know that you are with them. Thank you for your word, Lord, that has been preserved for us down through so many centuries and millennia. Thank you for that. Thank you that we have it in our own language. Thank you that we don't have to learn ancient Hebrew and ancient Greek in order to understand it. Or at least, even if we can't understand it perfectly or understand every question that we have about it, Thank you that we are able to read it in our own language, in in a translation that we can understand. Thank you, Lord, for that. Sometimes I think we forget how great a gift that is. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm Caleb. And I'm Michael. And this has been the And I'm two- Caleb. <laughs> Anyway. You want to start over? I'm Caleb! (laughs) Thank you for listening. And until next time, I'm Michael. And I'm Michael! (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that was my line. I'm Caleb! And this has been The The Two two (laughs) Witches. Dude, I'm so sorry. <laughs> What's going on, man? The two Caleb's, bro. <laughs> you know what we should rename this to? The Caleb and the Caleb. <laughs> or like Caleb, ha- like or conversations with Caleb. Or like, <laughs> dude, I'm gonna hack your computer and I'm gonna rename the website, the, the the channel, conversations with Caleb. <laughs> or like Caleb's tea time or something. <laughs> Once again, let's do this one more time. I'm Caleb! Life with Caleb. (laughs) Oh my gosh, they should make a movie about that. (laughs) Ow. Ow, you're making my head hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Anyway. Is your face hurting too? (laughs) Because it's killing me! (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Okay, I'm Caleb! And I'm Michael. And And this this has has been been The Two Witnesses. Thank you for listening to our podcast, and we pray that God has used this to touch you in some way. We hope that you will join us next week as we continue our journey through the Bible.